You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I like facial hair. I, I, I always had facial hair from like the point where I could grow it, but mm-hmm. I, I think the standalone mustache uh, is pro- possibly the creepiest. Like if I looked creepy already, like I seal the deal with a standalone mustache. What what makes a standalone mustache sexy? Like I don't I don't know <laughs> if we've established that those 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 categories that that threshold uh i'm pretty sure it's it's alcohol and and uh and a, and poor a, self-esteem and a ferrari <laughs> on a hawaiian island <laughs> uh-huh. hello everybody this is travis hey everybody this is brandon welcome to apathetic enthusiasm uh, the the Oscar special Ooh. third annual. Yeah, we're 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 wearing our tux, our tuxedos that we that we rented online, uh, <laughs> and we still haven't sent back because we're recording this way after the Oscars. Oh, you know that you know that's right, old chum. Way after the Oscars. <laughs> why, why don't uh, you know it, that's a that's a great point. Why don't you why don't you talk about why it took us so long to get this episode out? Uh, so normally this this show this podcast uh, is released on Tuesdays over at apatheticenthusiasm.com and on all of your favorite podcatchers. And uh, and we we're talking about it on Sunday. We we're like, hey, let's let's record this weekend's episode, and we thought. Uh, you know, like let's watch the Oscars. I mean, I mean, this episode isn't going to be out until after the Oscars anyway, so it doesn't doesn't really make sense for us to do Oscar predictions when the podcast is going to come out after the Oscars are already over, when we would know who was who won. So we thought, you know, what, we'll wait, we'll watch the Oscars, and then we can talk about who won, who lost, what we what we thought about the show, things like that. Uh, and then I died. <laughs> Uh, Monday rolled around I got out of bed that morning and uh, yeah I felt like death Uh, and I went back to bed and slept probably 20 hours that day 
Yeah. So that seems, that seems like an accurate number. I remember (laughs) I'm at, I'm at work and I'm, I'm messaging you on Facebook and usually, you know, by, by eight 30, my time, seven 30, your time, you're like, Oh God, Brandon, what do you want? It's so early still in the morning. And you didn't respond. But I am usually at work. So like. <laughs> yeah. Well, because you, you're so angry at work at that early in the morning. Uh, <laughs> and you didn't, you didn't respond. I'm like, okay, cool. No. So I sent a message a little, little bit later. Nothing. A little bit later. Nothing. Like, is he, is he ignoring me? Is he mad at me? Cause is he cause ghosting our, me right now? Because of our Oscar are, predictions? Are we dating in the, in the, <laughs> in the late tw- 20, 21st century and, and you and you finally respond and you basically say the same thing you just said which is you died <laughs> yeah. um and and yeah i was just i was just so shocked so what what was it was it was it like food poisoning is, is that what you think it was i think it might have been like a food poisoning type thing uh most of the symptoms cleared up after a day but i think my my like digestive system is still trying to right itself sure so um, I don't know. Things are, things have been a little out of whack all week, your, but your stomach uh, is like Poseidon adventure. Do you, do you get that reference? Oh, you, you no. don't. Okay. So l- I don't. let me, let me take a little bit of time out, uh, for our Oscar special to talk about the Poseidon adventure. It's, it's a classic disaster movie film. Basically the Poseidon adventure is about a ship that gets overturned in a tidal wave. And so everyone is in like the top of the ship and they have to make their way to the bottom of the ship, which, which is now the top of the ship because it's overturned. It's got Shelley. Oh, I think I've seen portions of this film. Yeah. It's got Gene Hackman. It's got Shelley Winters. It's a great, it's a, it is a great film. I recommend everyone go see it. Anyways, that's Travis's stomach. That was the point of that. Yeah, sure. And now, um, I, I still burp occasionally. Uh, I had crazy like acid reflux yesterday. Yeah. Um, and so that's been my week. Uh, but you know what? You know, I, we, I missed Monday. I felt really bad. I thought maybe we could get an episode out on Tuesday, yeah. but yeah, you, you some prior engagements. I think you had something going that's on right. on Tuesday. That... What, what, uh, you went and saw one of them musical, musical rock artists, right? I was supposed to go on a, on a date with Chelsea to go see a band that, that I've, uh, that I've liked since 2001 called Reggie in full effect, which is, uh, the, 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 the main guy there is, is, uh, Deweez. He's from the get up kids, which is kind of an emo band, um, back from back in the day. Anyway, so like when I was in training back in, in down in Mississippi, down in the old Mississippi. And I was, I was guarding these these bays for these 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 women, these young women, <laughs> and this Happy International Women's Day. <laughs> yeah, that that is today. You're right, and and the, the, this uh this girl was like right out. Her room was right inside where I was guarding, and uh, so she went in. I was talking to her. She'd come in and out out of room, and we we talk. And she's like, "Hey, you like what kind of music do you like?" And I was I told her I was like, "Oh, I like Weezer." And, at that point in time. And she's like, have you ever heard of Reggie in full effect? I'm like, no, I haven't. She's like, huh? So she went back in the room. She got me the CD. She brought it out to me. She's like, here, have a listen to this. And then a week later she left. So she didn't get the CD back from me. <laughs> so I just, I just kept listening to it. And so I fell in love with, uh, with this band back then. And so 17 years later, uh, I find out they come into Tampa and one of the songs that they sing is one that I like did a cover for for Chelsea on webcam back in like 2004, and I sung it. Whoa, I sung it for back. 
And she's like, oh, let me show you my boobies. And I was like, oh, let me show you my, my balls. And, and from there, you know, like we just, we grew this, we grew this kind of, you know, attachment, this really inappropriate relationship, relationship. via webcam. I was like, oh, let me, let me put, I got a Sharpie marker. And I, I put like a little dot on each of my balls. I'm like, oh, look now these are my boobs. And she's like, then she like took a Sharpie and she like drew like, and little... she's like, oh, I'm going through a tunnel. And she like disconnected her webcam. Yeah. 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 Anyway. So, uh, so I stalked her and then I married her. But anyway, so, so. So Tuesday, I went finally to see Reggie in full effect there, and I gotta say, like, it's such a good concert. And he was only he was opening up for Senses Fail, which I don't know who they are. It doesn't matter. They're probably a, a big band somewhere. Someone listening is upset with you right now. <laughs> um, but uh, he was he was just so good, and he was. I was surprised because a lot of the songs are kind of um. There, there are like a lot of kind of joke songs in in what he does, um, but he came out with a new album recently, and he was just so earnest when he was introducing some of these songs. Um, like he, he came out and he said, uh, "This next song is about about my last year, which was the song is called Horrible A Horrible Year, and uh, I don't know of you those who know my mom, she got cancer and she died." And then somebody else I know died. Then somebody else I know died. So it was just a horrible year. And then he started singing a song. And then a later song off his new album, he was like, this is my second favorite song of the album. Um, Basically, uh, my mom was dying of cancer. And she wanted me to write a song for my dad. And my dad had been with her for so many years. And this is kind of what the song is about. So... I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> and it was just, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the by myself and I'm like, this guy, like he's so, he's so nice. And I went after the show, I went to the merch table. I bought some stuff from him and got a picture with him and he's just super cool. And I was, I don't know why I was shocked that he was so nice, but I, I was, you know, I, I was pleasantly surprised by actually meeting him after 17 years. So, Awesome and and well worth the uh, the 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 inability to record a mere podcast such as this a mere, on a Tuesday a meerkat I mean, podcast. So so obviously Monday I'm I'm sick as a dog. Tuesday you're riding high on the hog with Reggie in the full effect. <laughs> are you trying to are you trying to keep rhyming it? Keep going. <laughs> but then no, because I want to talk about Wednesday, my dudes, because because we were like, all right. We we've slacked, uh, we but we got to get back on track. So you say, hey, we're doing it tonight. We're recording a podcast. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, talk about talk about ghosting someone. Uh, I'm like, all right, as soon as the kids go to bed, I'm ready. Let's let's record this thing. And I start sending you messages, <laughs> and I hear nothing back. <laughs> after you're like, yes, we're podcasting tonight. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was like the afterglow of Reggie and. And, and maybe just the week leading up to to Hump Day, but uh, got a little got a little bit sleepy there. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't need to talk about this too too much, but I will say that I am an easy sleeper. Like a lot of people are like, oh, <laughs> like I I don't I have such a hard time sleeping. If my head touches a pillow, <laughs> I fall asleep. So I was putting my my kid kid to bed, and he's like, oh, I have nightmares. Boo 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 hoo boo hoo. Like okay, we'll stop watching Kids. scary movies. You know, you'll, you'll, 
little wussy. And I was in there for like not even like five minutes. I I <laughs> laid laid back against the wall. Uh there was there was like a period where I like just like the slightest moment where I was like is he harboring some sort of like animosity towards me <laughs> after Monday when like I was completely out of it and not able to respond to oh, him? Oh man! And he's like getting back. It was like a mere moment. I'm like, nah, we've 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 been at this too long. This he's probably just asleep. And so then the next morning when when you text me, you're like, oh, my bad. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's uh, fine. You know, uh, but it it did worry me tonight when you said, hey, let's podcast, and then around eight thirty. <laughs> I start messaging you and you're and you're not responding, <laughs> but apparently you're like working or something. Uh, yeah, trying to put up this this big old. <laughs> I I involve so many of my family members to try to figure out my work problem. We don't. That is a boring thing. We don't want to talk about that. Boring. We will not talk about that. So that brings us to tonight. Uh, we are finally actually recording. Uh, what is the longest intro for a podcast ever in the history of <laughs> apathetic enthusiasm? Uh, but you know this this. This show is about us talking about our week and the things that, that kind of uh, we've been going through or the things that we've been watching. Uh, I was watching an awful lot of Best Picture nominees mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks, which which is probably beneficial considering that we're going to talk about the Oscars for a little bit here. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, apologies for this show coming out late. I, I know how it is uh, when I, I, have a, I have a cycle, uh, a rotation of podcasts that I listen to every week. And it, and if one if one misses, it just it just throws everything out of whack. I have to like search for songs on Spotify or something. I mean, I know that's a, that's a drag. So, uh, <laughs> uh, and 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 I I will take this this moment to to throw out all of our our social media stuff in case uh, you somehow have missed it over the last three years of this podcast being out there. But if if you if you want to talk to us about uh, me being sick or Brandon's choice of, of musicians uh head over to twitter we're at apathusiast i am at juggalmino brandon is at steve the heeb uh go over to facebook.com slash apathetic enthusiasm show to see the things that randomly get posted on facebook uh instagram is apathetic underscore enthusiasm and our email is apathetic enthusiasm show at gmail.com uh all right brandon the oscars the the 90th annual Academy Ooh. Awards. Uh, and something happened this year that, uh, that was shocking to me. Uh, and that is that for the first time in as long as I can remember doing this podcast, uh, you actually watched the Academy Awards uh, and kind of followed along and, and paid attention to what was going on. Why the... Uh, why the change of heart, Brandon? I thought you were going to say that it surprised you that I you watched more movies than me in well, general. I, this that's year. another thing. But I'm kind of used to you being like, "Oh, I'll just Wikipedia the handful of ones <laughs> that I haven't watched." Yeah, that that's true. Um, yeah, you know, I, I don't really know why I decided <laughs> to watch them this year. I, you know, I, I had. TV and, and maybe because of the time difference and there's okay. there's there's nothing going on really as far as anything on TV or anything I wanted to watch and I thought you know what let's let's make it the first year I actually watch the Academy Awards and and and, and I don't think I was actually planning on doing it I was just like oh I, I know they're coming on at at eight or nine or whatever they came on Eastern time 
And so I turned it on and I caught the like midway through Jimmy Kimmel's opening speech. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I just kind of, I just kind of stuck with it. And then what it was, here's, here's what it was. I kept track of like the first category. And then once I kept track of the first category of, of whether I was right or wrong, I was like, you know what? That's actually probably a good thing. I'll just, I'll just stick around to get all the categories. And because I, I hadn't watched any of them, I feel like I'm a pretty good test taker. So I'm like, if I could just have, <laughs> if I could just have the clues in context, then I could probably guess a little bit better. So you were just, you were just, it was more a, a personal test to see uh, if you could make educated guesses <laughs> based on 15 second clips of different performances. Yes. Yes. And, and I like, I like to think I did, uh, did pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Uh, well, before we get into the actual categories and, and some of the, some of the folks that that went home with Oscar. Uh, what 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 was your opinion of the show overall? Like, uh, did you did you think it was entertaining as far as an award show goes, or, or was, was there anything that you were like super annoyed with, or or I don't know any the any overt feelings either way about the show? I, I thought the show was fine. The 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 only the, if if there's one issue I had. Um, it would have to be just for the in memoriam section, and I and I, I tweeted about this, and we had talked about it also at like pretty much the same time. Um, and actually probably before I tweeted it, but I was I was thinking the same thing was like people applauding during the in memoriam section, like like somebody somebody died, and like woo, yeah, and then the next person shows up who died, and they're like nothing. It, that's that's when if they like showed the crowd something be like who was that guy yeah do you do you know him oh oh he was a producer or something or he was like like i don't know who that is yeah yeah I, and it was interesting because like the first oh, the first couple people they showed uh somebody one or two people got an applause and then there was like no applause for the rest of the the people that they showed. So I don't know if it was like somebody caught on like, Oh, maybe this isn't a good idea to applaud. Or if that was like something they did with the audio levels for the broadcast or what, I don't know. It was, it was strange to me that there were a couple, you know, people getting applause and then nothing for the rest, which some pretty big names popped up uh, throughout that uh, collection of, people who had died yeah Uh, it's also very interesting and i saw a headline about it but i did not read the article uh and talking about how many people uh, related to uh movies uh, that are in the academy uh, actually died in 2017 and then how that gets whittled down to like the 20 or 30 people that they actually show for the broadcast like because there are some pretty big names that were not mentioned. Yeah. Uh, but it's like, like, a, I don't know. I, John, John Mahoney, Powers Booth, uh, Reggie Cathy, Della Reese, and Adam West. Uh, Toby Hooper yeah. directed uh, it. Would, some people said, like, Toby Hooper, they showed a Texas Chainsaw Massacre clip earlier in the show and they didn't mention him. Uh, Chris Cornell and, yeah. and Tom Petty. So, I mean, Vetter sang Tom Petty. Um, but, uh, yeah. And I I think there there are a few others, but like, those are the main ones and, 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 and just how they're like, 
you know what? Let's not extend this maybe 20 seconds longer to get some more people in there. Oh, uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind. That's th- those were those were mailings. I saw jo- yeah. George Romero and Harry Dean Stanton, but they, um, they they mentioned them in the memoriam. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that's always sort of a I don't know if it's always a running gag like it was this this year, but it's always a topic of conversation is the acceptance speeches and and the length of the acceptance speeches. Uh, it's it's not uncommon to have the music start playing as people are talking as sort of a clue that hey, we need to keep the show moving. Please wrap it up. Uh, this has become almost like a joke in in pop culture. Uh, but Jimmy Kimmel decided to take it another direction uh, where he said that the person with the shortest speech would win a jet ski, like an $18,000 jet ski or something. <laughs> uh, Helen Mirren, uh, she, she came out as like the like, uh, Price is Right model type person <laughs> that like showed off the jet ski. Uh, and then, yeah, they timed everybody's speeches. And... Obviously, there were certain people who, like, this is an achievement of their lifetime, mm-hmm. and they wanted to say what they wanted to say, and they weren't going to let an $18,000 jet ski get in the way of that. Uh, but it did actually become, like, something that was mentioned probably four or five times in different speeches where someone was like, all right, I'm going to make this quick so I can get that jet ski, <laughs> or uh, I think I've disqualified myself from the jet ski because of what I keep saying. Um, which was kind of an interesting thing. And then at the end, they actually brought out the jet ski with, I think uh, it was like a composer or someone who had the yeah, shortest speech of the was, night. Yeah. And he was like sitting on it with the uh, like life preserver and things like that. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was funny. Yeah. Uh, the, the, it, was, it was a good gag, but they still had a timer on there. And, and, and I honestly, I thought that they were saying, take as much time as you want to say whatever you want and your, your, your social speeches, whatever. And then they didn't actually, they didn't actually stick to that. So like it, it was, yeah. I mean, it's like a three and a half hour long show already. Yeah. So, and I mean, and part of that's because they decide to play live performances of all of the best song nominees. Yeah. But which okay so uh, do do you want that to be a transition to the actual categories? Uh sure yeah we can start talking about categories yeah yeah, yeah. let's 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 start with with best song uh I mean, we I don't think we're gonna go through each one of the categories necessarily but no, no. but uh, I, I did I did want to talk about best song because both of us wanted uh the song from Coco to to win best song and neither of us actually thought it was gonna win. Why do you think why do you think that was that we didn't think it was going to win over all these other ones? I I think there's there's part of me that has for a long time um especially with some of these other categories that aren't like best picture uh some of the best acting categories I I feel like not all of the movies get seen by all of the academy. Mhm. And uh, some categories get voted on because uh, a lot of people saw a particular movie. They didn't necessarily see all the other ones. Maybe they saw, I mean, sure, they maybe got sent screeners. Maybe they watched it. Maybe they didn't. But they're like, oh, I remember seeing that movie and I remember hearing that song. 
So I thought it was really powerful. I'll vote for that one. Um, apparently, more people watched the animated feature Coco uh, <laughs> than I anticipated. Uh, but yeah, I, I just expected maybe a, there were a few songs in there that were more about uh, you know some like social issues or uh, there were a little bit more I don't want to say political but it had had more of that tone yeah. and and it just my inkling was that that those would would get the uh, recognition uh, but I I was very happy to see that that remember me uh, from Coco was was recognized even though it was not my favorite performance uh, as far as the live performances went. Uh, on stage yeah and so i knew remember me from coco because we saw coco together when when we're both when i've stopped by thanksgiving weekend 2017 yeah that never forget that that was it and uh, when when i saw the the performances live i thought oh some of these were actually they would probably win over over coco over remember me um but I, I remember I, I I wasn't super impressed by Remember Me the first time I heard of it, heard it in the in the theater. But I I was driving to work and on NPR they had these the songwriters in there and they were talking about Remember Me and and a, about the song. And if you haven't seen Coco, apologies, this isn't really a spoiler necessarily. But there are two two versions of the song. There's one that's sung by like the uh, Ernesto de la Cruz, and I remember the name because yes. he's a he's the he's he's the kind of main person uh, that the the child is is trying to impress. He he sings this like kind of bombastic mariachi like uh, upbeat version of "Remember Me," and it's it's almost like you could think of it as a him singing it to a woman and like "Remember Me," and like. Bah, 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 bah. And then there's another version of the song a little bit later that's much more somber, and it's not necessarily sing, sung to a woman who he's trying to have sex with, but like it's talking to a loved one to like remember me when I'm when I'm gone. And the songwriters were talking about how that's that's what they were going for this kind of double meaning depending on the context and tone of the song to display all these different levels of of meaning and that to me elevated the song so much where i i I love it now and that's why i wanted it to win yeah yeah well and i think that song is so central to the theme of the film um i mean the the idea of the day of the dead and it is a day to remember your loved ones like it's uh, the, 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 the conflict for some of the main characters is, is about the fact that they may not be remembered for much longer. So, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, yeah, like the, the moment when you hear the song in the film as it's, as it's originally intended, as it's, as it, as it's originally meant for that loved one. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I think it's very powerful and, I, I, I think it was good because there are different versions of the song. There's like three versions of it th- because there's a, there's an end credits version also that's more poppy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> gosh, excuse me. I, I, it was really good to see it get recognized. Uh, and even though it is, I mean, 
you know, it's it's that catch twenty two where it's an animated film, so people think, oh, it's for kids. But if you're an adult and you haven't seen Coco, I recommend it. I think it's a very good movie, and it took I think three or four watchings of viewings for me before I didn't get uh, visibly emotional during certain <laughs> scenes. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so of the twenty four categories. I did not get that one right because I went with the, whatever the uh, the big top one, <laughs> big top song from the Bearded Lady. Which one were we, oh, from uh, Greatest Showman. Yeah, yeah. yeah the because yeah. the live performance yeah. of that was was really really good. Yeah. Uh, uh, and I think you got that uh, one wrong. As well. All right. So. So yeah, I got it wrong as well. Uh, so all the, <laughs> almost all the other, uh. Well, okay, that's not true because I was going to say almost all the other sound-related categories were taken by Dunkirk, uh, but uh, the original score actually went to The Shape of Water, and then Dunkirk took all of the sort of like... Uh, sound mixing. Sound mixing. Sound, edit- sound, sound editing. editing. <laughs> yeah. Even though even though I was I was pushing real hard for Baby Driver to, to take one of those, and uh, yeah, just... And then you, and then you were like arguing the case that like, oh, war movies, they they have to, they have to win those. But I don't. Did you watch Baby Driver? <laughs> I, I did watch Baby Driver. Yeah. Okay. You know, and here's a, here's the thing. I I like Baby Driver. I don't I don't think it's one of I don't think it's Edgar Wright's best movie, but I I do I do appreciate it, and I do appreciate the the sound. Um, aspects of the film like it is really is really well done in that way i wasn't saying that dunkirk is a better movie and a better example of sound mixing and sound editing but what i was saying is as far as the academy is concerned war movies will usually take it because of all the different things that have to go into sound yeah right bullets and explosions and still maintain dialogue and and people running around and all 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 this this stuff and then and if there is a score in the background having to to mix that in there not saying it it was done well i haven't seen yeah. dunkirk well but. oh and so one of the things i will say about dunkirk is there is uh relatively very little dialogue in dunkirk hmm. um a lot of the scenes are played um reinforcing visuals and then the music as well. But you know, some of those uh, additional uh, effects for, you know, explosions and things blowing up and stuff. But Christopher Nolan really wanted to keep the film, like build the suspense through those, those quiet moments where there wasn't a lot of dialogue getting in the way. He wanted people to actually be able to feel a little bit more connected to what was going on. So he used the lack of dialogue for that. So I, I get why the movie won. It just, it just wasn't my personal choice. Right. Right. No. And, and, and I, and I get that there were, there were a couple categories where my personal choice didn't win. Uh, I had lots of categories. <laughs> uh, thankfully cinematography wasn't one of those ones where the guy I wanted to win didn't win. Because Roger Deakins, the badass, fine, 14, 14 time nom- nomination, finally won an Oscar. Dying again. Over yes, you are. Finally won for uh, Blade Runner 2049. 
Okay, so I walked out of Blade Runner 2049 saying this needs to win for cinematography. Yes. This this film needs to win awards for cinematography. And I did not shift in that position. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, up until they announced Deacon's name, I, I was like, yes. And and I, I did cheer in my house. I was like, yes, yeah. good. Uh, because... I and I I've, I said this when we recorded an episode about Blade Runner, but uh, there are so many moments in that film where I would happily freeze the frame, print it out poster size, and hang it on my wall. Just so many stunning visual elements in that movie, and uh, and and I feel like the Academy got it right with that category. Yeah, it was they they got it so right that there was there. There was barely any hesitation in announcing that he w- he won. It was almost like, yeah, and Roger Deakins, come on up, All right? All right, here, come get your award. Uh, because he's he had uh, he had done so much stuff. Like I'm looking at a list right here: Shawshank Redemption, Fargo, Kundun, The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford, No Country for Old Men, Skyfall, Sicario. He's just he's just done so much great stuff and he finally did it and blade runner 2049 is is a great uh great way for him to to go out into oscar history with are are there what what other categories were you like uh as 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 you are an la boy through and through uh i i know you got a little excited to hear that deer basketball one for best Co- animated short. Kobe, uh, Kobe, uh, the goat has an Oscar as well. Uh, I I wouldn't say he's the goat in in my personal of course opinion, not. but um, he's he is a very good basketball player. But uh, yeah, I I thought that was cool. I thought yeah, yeah. I I did the the little microphone that's on stage at the Oscars that they like <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. that they raise yeah. up out of the out of the out of the stage. Uh, I was curious to see how high it could go to see if it could uh, account for that, the height of an NBA that, basketball that, player. That's the only time I noticed the microphone going up was, was, was during his. Yeah, I, I, I was joking with a couple of coworkers the, the day after being like, well, he, he is the GOAT. Uh, he can now go up to Michael Jordan and be like, we both did cartoons. I won an Oscar for mine. <laughs> Yeah, where your monsters at? But but uh, let's talk. Let uh, I was just gonna say, okay. Chelsea screamed out "rapist" when he won, so that was that was good. ah. Yeah, well, there's that. Yeah. Uh, on to more uh, exciting news. Uh, did you see the big sick? I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Emily V. Gordon. Okay. Uh, Kamal Nanjiani. Yes, I I really liked that movie, uh, and I'm I'm a bit of a fan of Kamal. So for me, like I was kind of pulling for the big sick to win uh, best original screenplay, but Jordan Peele writer of get out ended up winning. And immediately I was like, Oh, that's still awesome. <laughs> like I was, like, uh, and, and so I was really excited to see that Jordan Peele won that. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like get out is such an interesting an important movie, I think, and it and it got a lot of people uh, talking about uh, topics of of race and and 
and it, it brought to I don't know, sort of the social consciousness, um, certain things that just haven't been brought up in movies recently. Um, and so for that to get recognized and, and you know, the guy from Comedy Central to, to grab that Oscar, I, th- I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah, I've talked about I've talked about it before, but it is it is such a great movie to put somebody who's not black into the shoes of a black person to have them understand part of what what that feels like that that kind of that that discomfort and of of being like not directly discriminated against but to just to just to just have that feeling and 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 I and I can never fully understand it um but I give great credit to Jordan Peele for kind of bringing that out so like like you you know me man like i i was so stoked to to have it win and he's in charge of twilight zone I, i've always i've said to get out is a modern twilight zone episode and I, i'm just stoked for it i that category let me just say that was a tough that was probably the toughest category of the night yeah like ladybird yeah. uh get out the big sick uh, there's there's a few other really good ones that were in there too. Maybe three billboards was in there. Uh, yeah, I think three billboards might have been in there. No, I think I think three billboards might have been Ad- adapted. Uh, no, no, that that was an original. Uh, Shape of Water. Yeah, and and three billboards are the other two. Like so 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 tough, and ah, uh, like any one of those, I would have been like, yeah, I mean, it it deserves it. Yeah, all right, there you go, there you all go. Right. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's kind of go through the the top five sort of categories. Uh, I say top five because the top five listed on uh, Oscars Oscar.go.com. <laughs> uh, but but these are all the acting categories. So uh, I think first up we had uh, actor in a supporting role, uh, which was Sam Rockwell Sam. for Three Billboards. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I. It's very interesting when you watch a movie because um, when there's a character that is very unlikable uh, and then you see that character come up at an award show and you're like, ah, but I hated that guy in that movie. Um, Yeah, maybe that guy should win, right? (laughs) Because like uh, the actor did such a good job that you had a, a physical like, you know, thing that you, and, and, and really like Sam Rockwell's character in three billboards is not the type of, he's like not the type of villain where you necessarily hate him throughout. Uh, there are some elements that are redeeming by the end of the film, but for the most part, like he's, uh, he's not a terrific person. Yeah. And, uh, it, he did a very good job playing the, the character that, that he was given. Um, so, so I thought, I thought it was a good one. I, again, there were, there were a lot of, uh, uh, good nominees in the category. Um, I think, I think there was, I think there was like a quick switch for me where like early on, uh, this was like the first category. So like, who's going to win it? Who's going to win it? And I was like, I hadn't even pulled up who was nominated. Uh, and so I think I, I think we had said like Christopher Plummer, just cause he was like one of the oldest nominees ever in the category. And then they said, uh, Sam Rockwell was the last person that they uh, announced in the category. And I was like, oh, no, he's 
he he's got to take this. Yeah, one. I I I said I said Christopher Plummer because of him coming in for Kevin Spacey and doing all those reshoots within however many weeks, just just a few weeks, mm. like just for him to come in do that showed an extreme level of professionalism and talent that I that I thought would have pushed him over. Now, so then I have a question for you. Yeah. It, do you feel in in consideration for an Oscar or really any award like like this? Should should the circumstances or the situation be accounted for in in making that decision, or should the selection be purely based on the performance uh, within the film, like? Should should you be able to view these things in a vacuum, or do you think that they should keep those other things sort of in account as well? You know, I I think filmmaking is is far more than just sitting in front of a screen, turning on the TV, putting the movie in, and watching it. They're they're societal and contextual aspects of filmmaking as a whole there there's so there's so many moving pieces and so i would say that having to consider kind of the context or not having to but considering the context behind a certain film or the circumstances behind it i think i think are important to determining whether it's a best picture i think get out was elevated because of because of where it is in relation to society as it stands now. And and I will agree with you in terms of a best film or uh even even like in some of the director or or some of the other categories, but for the acting categories, for best actor, actress, support and the supporting categories, I understand a lot of work goes into portraying those characters but at the end of the day it's how effective you are in 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 portraying whoever you're you're trying to sure. be and, and 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 how well the performance uh is is done like i feel like i don't know specifically for the acting categories i i think the performance itself uh weighs uh the most for me in, in determining who at least I would vote for yeah. in, the, in the category. Yeah. And, and I get that. And, and I haven't seen, um, I, I hadn't seen, forget the, the, the movie's name, but, um, I, I didn't see it. So all I knew was the, the context behind, uh, all the money in the world. That's right. Right. Yeah. Um, okay. So, uh, so supporting actor Sam so, Rockwell. That's right. Uh and then let's talk about the actors in a leading role. Uh we had uh Timothy Chamelet, uh Chamelet. Chamelet. I, I'm not good with si- silent T's. Uh from Call Me By Your Name, Daniel Day Lewis, my man mm-hmm. from Phantom Thread. Daniel Kaluuya. Daniel Kaluuya. 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 There's there's a double U there. Uh from Get Out. Gary Oldman from The Darkest Hour and Denzel, no last name needed, Washington, uh, from Roman J. Israel Esquire. Uh, I I watched 
almost all the best picture nominees uh and and one of the ones that i i hadn't gotten to by the time the oscars aired <laughs> was the darkest hour uh. and and one of the reasons was because i heard it was gary Ullman doing a churchill impression for a really long time and it was mostly him talking about war and I don't know. I, I and and Sheena never really seemed that into it, uh, and so I was like, ah, well, uh, maybe I, I won't. And then Gary Oldman wins. Uh, so uh, I heard it was a very good performance because he transformed. Like he didn't, he didn't seem as much like Gary Oldman playing a role. It seemed more like he really became the character. Uh, but he was again not my vote for this category it was another one that i got wrong and i think you did no i i got i got this one right i got this one right how dare you because there there are certain trends in the academy that you can kind of like the the sound in war movies a somebody playing a faint game in the system that's brandon somebody playing practicing those test taker (laughs) tricks Uh, a famous historical character yeah go ahead go ahead and, and at least put them in the top two and uh, so, yeah, I mean, it could have been any one of those, those the people in that category. But, I mean, Gary Oldman as Churchill, I, I like I that's who I that's who I picked right out the bat without a second guess, without a second guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, best best right. actress. Now you had Sally Hawkins. Who, yeah, International Women's Day. Let's 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 let's, let's highlight. These let's actresses. talk it. Sally Hawkins. She was in Shape of Water. Frances McDormand, Three Billboards, Margot Ro- Robbie, I, Tanya, Shirley Ronan, Lady Bird, and Meryl Streep in The Post, and of course Frances McDormand, who she's she's such a kook. She was the one who who she's, won it, man. She is a kook. Her uh, laugh. All right. Her laugh. So, <laughs> now, this is this is where I get frustrated that. Uh, you haven't seen all these films because I would love to have a conversation with you about these performances and, uh, and really get your take as to why you think she, she won the award. Uh, I'm, I think she did a good job in three billboards. Um, but for me, it wasn't, it wasn't the most powerful performance. Maybe. I don't know. There, there were, I, I know there are, there are definite moments in in this film where it's like wow like the things she's going through and the things that she her determination and and the fact that she won't back down uh, to to anybody um, really powerful stuff and and so I give her credit for that and um, I definitely think she's des- deserving of the win uh, but I think some I I think I put S- Sally Hawkins in for mine I did too yeah um and and I think for me just because she was playing like a mute person who could only communicate through like sign and um just sort of the the way that she was still able to express certain things and then she was playing with a giant fish monster yes and um i I don't like i told so many elements of that i just felt like were, were really interesting and um so I was kind of pulling for her. With, with I, I told I told you on on chat when they were showing the clips from it, I wasn't, I didn't know who I wanted to pick, and until I saw Sally Hawkins in the one clip from from the uh, 
the movie and I was like, this is amazing. She's, it's so powerful in just this few seconds of, of clip. And, and then I watched the, the other clips and I'm like, I'm sorry. It's still, it's still her. She's still the best yeah. as, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so, so I'll, I'll say, I do know a few, a good handful of people who did not like three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I want to see it to, to, to turn my own opinion, but yeah, I, I didn't see anything special from McDormand in that clip specifically that, and I, I don't feel the clip that they showed on the actual award show was the most compelling part of her performance. Um, some, some of the things that happened, I feel like you can't really show on broadcast TV, uh, <laughs> other things it's it's hard to whittle down like and and make it have it make sense or anything. I don't know. It's, I, I don't know how they pick those clips, but I, <laughs> it maybe wasn't the best. Yeah. Time. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, okay. So now let, let's, let, let's get into the, the two tops. Let's go get into two tops categories. We have be, best director and best picture. Oh, well, we didn't talk about Alice and Janney winning, uh, supporting actors. We already talked about best um, woman. No, I'm joking. Uh, yeah, because you skipped Alice and Janney, uh, which but, I want to say Laurie Metcalf. I was really pulling for because her performance in Lady Bird uh, is is pretty outstanding, and the only reason I would feel otherwise is if I had actually probably seen I Tanya, which unfortunately I did not see <laughs> because I Tanya was not nominated for Best Picture. Uh, and, and I had, I had only so much time and so, so many, but I do want to see I, Tanya because, uh, apparently Alice and Janney was the better dysfunctional parent this year, uh, of, of the ones presented. Yeah. So, um, uh, of, of, congrats, of Mary Alice J. Blige, Leslie Manville, Lori Metcalf, obviously, and Octavia Spencer for Shape of Water. Yes. Uh, so, so right. I, I didn't mean to skip them for some reason, this variety article has, um, supporting actress, all the way at the bottom and in between animated short and foreign language film. So let's <laughs> happy International Women's Day. It's so everybody. it's so thanks variety. It's so far down. So real real cool guys. Okay, best best director. I'm I'm happy I'm happy about this. I wanted Jordan Peele to win. I wanted Greta Gerwig to win. I love her. She's she's my future wife. Um, if she is okay with it and she is, um, she's responsive and and you know it's it's her decision. Like I'm not gonna force her. Yeah. Yeah. Just email us at apatheticenthusiasm.com <laughs> and um, or at gmail. But but yeah, Guillermo del Toro, super happy and his his acceptance speech. Like maybe yeah, maybe tear up a little bit because he seems like such a yeah. genuinely nice guy. Yeah, uh, I think even though Shape of Water is a Best Picture, you know, nominee at this point, I'm pulling more for uh, him winning Best Director than than Best Picture, like than the movie taking Best Picture. Like I'd I'd love for it to win Best Picture, but the world that he creates uh the visual style of the film just sort of the um sort of magical nature of it and and the way that he kind of uh told this very unconventional love story um 
that that had a lot of interesting elements to it and i it just uh was a very unique film that i think you put a different director in there and the film is nowhere near as uh incredible to to see so i i was really pulling for for him and and i was i was happy to see uh del toro take the the directing nod and then uh or or win uh so then so then that brings us to the best picture and i mean going into this it's it's a pretty tight race like a a lot of these films uh have won in different areas so i i i really like sometimes i'll watch the oscars and a certain film will just like clean up it'll win in almost every category it's nominated in and it's almost it's almost no contest you know going into that final award like this movie is going to win best right. picture but for me i i still didn't have a solid like hadn't made a solid decision on who was definitely going to win yeah and and going into it before before the category was even announced i was like i i had written down three billboards like cuz i i'd heard so much about it and there was there's lots of talk about it winning winning awards okay i'll put three billboards uh, going watching the entire Oscars, seeing the Shape of Water in, in various clips, and and you and I had talked briefly in chat about the the world building of Guillermo del Toro. Uh, when I when I saw it at the when they were doing the clips, I was like, "That's it, that strike that." No, it, it's going to be the Shape of Water. <laughs> I know I wrote down three billboards, but I'm calling it now Shape of Water. Yeah, and and and, sh- and sure enough, Shape of Water won it. Yeah. Uh, which was awesome, and and I'm I'm happy to see that. I think I think my social media post afterwards was it's good to see that uh, a monster movie can still win Best Picture, yeah. um, because it's not it's not really a conventional film in in in, in a lot of ways, and uh, there there are so many films that can make a political statement or um, have their pulse on sort of what's happening in in the world today you know like i watched the post and i wasn't super impressed with the film mm-hmm. but i could see how what what that story was telling has has definite ties to what's happening you know in in our country right now and and trust in journalism and and things like that and so like i i i appreciate that aspect of it but that doesn't that doesn't give it any additional points for me when when I'm I'm voting for best picture and so uh in my heart even though I also wrote down three billboards uh that was me trying to game the system and and think oh here's what I think they'll pick yeah. but really shape of water for me uh was the one that I wanted to win and so I was definitely excited to see that it won best picture yeah and and, and one of the reasons going back to this world building that I changed my mind was you know I I th- I thought about just how cohesive Del Toro's vision is for for his films. Like the first time I saw Pan's Labyrinth back in 2006, like I saw, it, I think I saw it uh, on in just like a, a two dollar theater with Chelsea, and it, it's not something that we're like, oh, we should go see this. It was just it just happened to be playing at the the dollar theater near us. And we're like, oh, let's go see it. It's you know, it's whatever Friday night, and we came out of there just being just floored by how amazing 
this the design was this it's an adult yeah. fairy tale an adult parable and that's from what i gather from shape of water is just an extension of that and a, a uh, another parable which he mentioned in his in his speech uh to bring to the masses to to yeah it's kind of a genre picture but the metaphor is is something that everyone can relate to in in some way shape or form the shape of water yeah. or form the, the form of water uh, shape of, uh, uh, metaphor of yeah. water um so so yeah it's um overall i thought it was a it was a it was a good award season good good oscar night um there were there were some some funny jokes the the bit where they ran next door with a bunch of celebrities <laughs> yeah. to 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 crash a a screening um and and thank the people that still go out to the movies i think that is an interesting commentary that they are also making to kind of uh, nudge all of us and be like hey keep going to the movies if if you're watching a show about all the movies you love maybe keep going to the movies and not just stream them illegally on your cracked Cody device or whatever sure. it is that you're using. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I, I still love going to movies and I feel like a, a lot of these films, like if I had only seen Blade Runner, like on my TV at home, I, I would be sad, I think, a little bit. Um, just because seeing that movie in a large format in a theater, like, you know, it, it seeing it, seeing movies in a theater adds something to 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 them a lot of the times. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. I would I would I would echo that sentiment. Keep keep going and supporting <laughs> films, even if you have to buy like a movie pass card or whatever <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. Uh, that that's that's a that's a that's a topic all its own, Travis. Indeed. Uh, well, it's, it's almost time for us to, to wrap this up, but, uh, we, we unfortunately will probably not get another apathetic enthusiasm out into the masses, uh, prior to the release or, or maybe just prior to the release of, uh, ready player one, oh. uh, uh, the film by Steven Spielberg coming out. And, uh, Can't wait. While, while we've talked to, while we've talked about the story and we've talked about, uh, the book in, in very early episodes of this podcast, I wanted to ask you real quick, Brandon, mm. uh, about Ready Player One versus the internet, uh, and and just sort of this public uh, outcry, uh, this this frustration and angst uh, against this movie, and 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 sort of what is your take on it? Like, <laughs> I'm I'm probably still gonna go see this film in theaters whether it's the same way I went and saw that fantastic four remake <laughs> just so that I can say I was there, uh, when it all came crashing down. Um, or in case it, I'm, I'm very, very interested to go see this movie with Sheena who has not read the book is not paying attention to any of the social media, <laughs> you know, anger. And, and I want to know what she thinks about it. Um, but I don't know, like, have you seen, have you seen the new movie posters that they keep releasing that are like, uh, homages to, to classic I, movie posters? I, I've, I've, I've seen a couple, I, you know, I think I've, I said it on the episode. We've talked about this before where I'm like, okay, I, I think Spielberg, there's an opportunity in a 
visual medium for this to be a, a really cool movie. And so, so I, I give it more credit that way through Spielberg. I didn't like the story. I didn't finish the story because it was just, it was too heavy handed with the references. <laughs> like, um, like every two seconds is another, another reference and just really, really assertively arrogant about how much this writer knows about pop culture. So, so there, there was that. So I have an aversion against the book. Hopefully Spielberg does differently, but I've seen on, on Twitter a few places where they call this the pop Funko movie. (laughs) Um, Nobody calls it the Pop Funko movie. Everyone calls it the Pop. They may call it the Funko Pop movie, nope, but nope, they don't. It's all the Pop Funko movie, uh, and and I can't I can't help but think of it like that. It's 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 a pop culture reference a minute movie for two hours. So I, I mean I'll probably still see it, but man, the, I I've, I went for a period of time looking on Twitter and, and Reddit. Like, please, somebody, somebody agree with me that this, this book is awful. And there's like, there's like forums and groups here and there that just like, just lambast the, the the book and like show clips or, or or say stuff on Twitter that's making fun of the book, but you don't know if that's actually what the book wrote or not. (laughs) Oh, but it's, it's absurd enough to, to. (laughs) To feel like it maybe did actually <laughs> yeah. get written. In yes. Book. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I I I understand that opinion, and you are right. The the pop culture references are extremely heavy handed in the book. Um, I somehow was able to look past that, and I think in in my reading of it, like I. I didn't think of it so much as like, oh, the author trying to show how much he knew about pop culture. Because for me, I'm like, <clears throat> an author can just do research. If, okay, he wants, you just hit Wikipedia, 80s pop culture, and then you can like write <laughs> half of the book, right? Um, so, and but I also understand that there are people that were born in the 90s or early aughts that, were not alive in the eighties and do not get a lot of the pop culture references. And I, and I wonder how you write that book to try and make it like universal for people that didn't experience the eighties firsthand. Um, I don't know. I, and, and obviously a lot of people don't think he did a very good job. I, I, it. I think, um, I, but I, I think what it goes back to for me <laughs> is a lot of my, like, aside jokes that I say every day to to random people are steeped in in pop culture a little bit, but, but I'm not like, I, I don't, I'm not like hollow notes. Also this, also this, all those, also this. Oh, I know this. Also this, also this, like, I'm like hollow notes and like, I don't get it. And I say, that's fine. I'm moving on now. And I'm laughing at you, (laughs) You, you know? But, yeah. but that that's how the book. Well, goes. I'm sure the movie will be awful. It, I, it'll probably be terrible. Uh, Iron Giant. I I I am excited to download the. And I guess I have to wait for South by Southwest before they're available. Uh, but uh, the HTC Vive is going to have a bunch of the environments that they used for the film. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, they're going to have VR experiences oh. that you can use at home. Uh, so I, I am interested to check that out. It is it is giving a in a futuristic version of VR a, a platform in in major motion pictures, and you know maybe that'll do something for the platform because right now VR gaming is it's sort of stalling, and and we need some some better stuff to play with. New blood. Uh, but yeah. But anyway, all right. Well, I I just want to I I, I wrote that in the show note. Yeah. I it just I don't know. It's for me. Part of it's kind of like tongue in cheek, or like some some of the posters that they're putting out are are really poorly produced. I think, but like it's, I don't know. It's 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 pushing the whole thing of like everything in the society is is focused on pop culture because because that's what the creator of the Oasis was into, and everyone was trying to hunt for his is Easter eggs. So, um, I don't know, but you, you started pointing at the sky and you got all excited. I, 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 I did T- tell me, just tell me a little bit more about ready player one, Travis, just, just, just tell me a little bit more about why, why you think it, it might be a, a good movie. Just, just tell me why, while I look something up real fast. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I, when I, when I looked past, some of the uh i don't know i like puzzles i like i like the sort of adventures where they're they're trying to i mean it's not necessarily a heist but they're they're trying to to work together to to achieve that goal of of finding the egg yeah and uh and so for me that was the part of the book that i liked and i kind of could do one way or or not with the all of the references that were in there uh, and I think maybe it's possible that if the while the references will be super heavy handed in the film, uh, if they're not called out in like exposition, uh, um, it may get a pass uh, at times in the film. Maybe yeah. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Uh, th- thank thank you for that. Thank you for for stalling for some time. Stalling for time. Uh, so so I found uh, what I want to do is I found this video I saw it on Twitter and it was it was one of the rejected songs for Ready Player One the the theme song for it. So I just wanted to just want to play that. Is this, if this is licensed, remember King can Kong, play like remember Ferris Bueller, remember War Games, and Back to the Future, remember Tomb Raider, remember Weird Science, remember Battletoads and the Iron Giant, remember Star Wars and Transformers the movie, remember Ghostbusters, remember the Goonies, remember when Neon used to be trendy, remember the Where's the Beef Lady from Wendy's. <laughs> what is this? It's a rejected theme song for a player one. Remember Akira? That's from Japan. Remember Galaga and Mrs. Pac-Man? Remember Contra? Remember Street Fighter? Remember the A-Team? Remember Knight Rider? Remember The Simpsons, seasons one through nine? Remember logging onto America online? Remember Highlander and Highlander 2? Remember Star Trek? We certainly do. Okay, we, we can't play anymore of this. <laughs> okay. Wait. Uh, I will, I will, uh, I will link that in the show notes, and we'll give give him credit where credits due. No, it was some some dude on Twitter. He's like, uh, finally, you know, uh, Alan Silvestri, they they took his theme instead of mine, but I can finally release my rejected Ready Player One theme. Uh, all right, 
Good stuff. Uh, <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, uh, Ready that's, Player One. That's Ready Player One. It, the- look for it to get uh, beaten in the box office by Black Panther, uh, <laughs> which will still be tearing up the charts. Uh, anyway, that's it. That's it for this week. We we did it. We, fi- we finally made a podcast. Uh, we have an awesome interview uh, coming out next week with Ryan Elder. If you are a fan of Interdimensional RSS or you are a fan of television uh, music uh, composing, <laughs> uh, <laughs> if that's your weird niche that you're into, uh, go check out Interdimensional RSS next week. And uh, yeah, and that's it. Anything else before we sign off, Brandon? No, sir. I just want to say thank you all for listening. Thanks for waiting ex- extra three days for this. And until next time, I am Brandon. And I'm Travis. And we'll talk to you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.